0: Welcome to Grown Where It Matters, an insider's look at the potato farmers of the Side Delights brand. I'm your host, Kathleen True, president of the Fresh Solutions Network, the network that believes when you know more, you grow more. Today I'm here with Kelly Grotti at MG Farms in Thompson, North Dakota. And we have the most amazing fields all around us today, so I can't wait to start to talk to you about being a potato farmer, Kelly. So, tell us how long have you been farming?
1: I've been farming 33 years.
0: Get out. Really?
1: Yep. When did you start? Well, right uh, I graduated from college and in at UND in Grand Forks and I just started farming at that time.
0: Is there a family legacy of farmers?
1: I have a I grew up on a farm, not this farm. My family farm is about 50 miles southwest of here and that's where I grew up and that's when I met my wife at college, in college, that's when we I started farming up here.
0: Up Where did you graduate from college?
1: University of North Dakota. In and Grand you, Forks.
0: what was your degree in?
1: In bus- My degree was um, my major was uh, in aviation administration, and my bus- really? I have a business degree. Yeah. Okay. I'd planned on being a pilot, and uh, kind of took me this way.
0: Interesting. So yeah. now you put those skills to use on your John Deere's. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right, yes. great. So yeah. um, so you grew up on a farm, just not this one. Yeah. And when you went away to school, you didn't think you'd come back into farming because you got a different type of a degree. Yeah. So what was it that brought you back into farming?
1: You know, I was, I was with my folks on the farm and my brother and we we worked hard and we really enjoyed farming but um, I just you know when you're when you're a teenager you think why well, I, I want to do something else you know he was, and I, so I got my pilot's licenses and different um, you know my commercial instrument and then you start looking at the possibilities and then it uh, just seemed like this was a better way to go you know and my wife was still in college she's a little younger than I am so we we kind of were she was going to college, and we were living, we got married, and then we just kind of started farming with the with my relatives.
0: Okay, so MG Farm. So tell us, what does MG stand for?
1: Myron Grotti is the, Myrons are the, the um, the farm is the Myrons, and then we, we started farming with them.
0: So your wife's family and your family. Yeah. Okay, great. So...
1: And the farm was started back in 1936. Joni, my wife's great grandpa, his name was, his last name was Swenson, John Swenson, and he, he had a light plant. They moved from Norway, the, the two brothers, it was tough times over there, so they moved to North Dakota and they were out about 80 miles west of here operating a car dealership back in the 30s and things were kind of tough. And this farm came up for a sale in the valley, mm. and he had some money and he came in and bought some land and started.
0: So back then was it a potato farm as well?
1: Yeah, there was a few potatoes. You know, back then they didn't have, you know, it was pretty hard work and a lot of physical work. So there, if you had 30, 40 acres, that was probably a lot.
0: Sure. So what does a typical day look like for you?
1: Well wake up about five and just uh, first thing you you think of what you're gonna do and I guess the night before you're kinda planned out what you're gonna do and what needs to be done and you've already you've already probably scouted fields the day before so you kinda know what, um, what to expect and what you're gonna do and you just quality up at the end and the yield.
0: So Kelly how do you get out to look at your fields?
1: I usually have a motorcycle a little uh, Honda and I'll go down the rows, up and down every probably I'd say every seventy or eighty rows. I'll just go up and down the field yeah. and uh, just stop every you know every probably every quarter mile up the row. I'll stop and look and look at the plant, go again, and it's kind of relaxing. So it's you're fun. like
0: the evil Knievel of the potato farmers.
1: <laughs> well, the neighbors think so, <laughs> 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 but otherwise. You know, you can walk into the end of a field, but otherwise, how are you going to get down your field unless you're driving a tractor? And then you're up high. But you can just, you know, that's my that's my method of getting uh, getting to see the potatoes up close. You, in uh, our farm, we do we don't have a lot of help, extra help, so we do a lot of the work ourselves, the actual owners of the farm. So right, we we manually, well, not manually nowadays, but we have. Machines, but we operate a lot of the machines.
0: I'm interested to know what you think is the biggest change in the farm today versus when you were a kid growing up on one.
1: Well, I'd say the biggest change would be uh, machinery
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and um, comfort. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And actual less physical labor. And it's uh, mechanized to the point where it'd be hard to ever go back to that and, and to get people. And you know, it's, it's hard to get help. It's hard to believe they had enough help to do the manual harvest back then.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, and, and crops have improved so much, we've increased our yields by double, even on potatoes in the last 30 years.
0: And sure. It uh, makes a big difference. Yeah, huge. All right, so let's talk a little bit about growing these spuds. So what makes this area Kelly, so unique for growing potatoes.
1: It's, we're at the bottom of a prehistoric lake. This is what the River Valley. What happened was the glaciers moved down from Canada and as they receded, the water couldn't get back north. And so some, as it, um, there's a huge berm about 200 miles south of here that held the water in and as they receded, the lake was formed. And that was here for who knows how long, but it, it made, when you go west of here 30, 40 miles, there's beaches out there from the, that was the old beaches, there's sand beaches. Wow, no yeah. kidding. And here we're right at the bottom of the lake and all that rich um, uh, soil is from, that's what it came from.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so interesting. Yeah. So so what does that soil have to do
1: with the potatoes. Well the potatoes uh, they need a lot of nutrients and you know you can add nutrients and uh, but there's so many natural occurring nutrients in our soil and it's it's not sand. It's one step or two steps um, above sand because there's a little sand in it. You need sand to be able to harvest them or it's just clods, but it um, it's just very rich and it's full of organic matter and it uh, We think it adds to the taste.
0: So um, is there a signature color of this soil?
1: It's black.
0: It's black.
1: It's black, black.
0: No kidding. Yes. Okay. So this black soil, um, why is it so good for growing red potatoes, which is what this area is known for?
1: It just enhances the color and um, the, the, the climate has something to do with the taste, too. We have long, cool nights and... You know, the days are um, sunny. Uh, I get it just, they don't need, it's like, it's almost like the potato doesn't get washed out with too much water. It The soil hold, we are, we have a subsoil that's clay underneath, so it holds moisture. So the potatoes can go get the moisture and they just kind of get what they need. And 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 the ground is, you know, the land around here is really flat as you probably, as you probably noticed, so. Our biggest one of our biggest problems is too much moisture. Okay. Then it can't get away.
0: But for the most part, it's almost a perfect environment for growing potatoes. It
1: is. It's it's probably some of the richest land in the world in the Red River Valley.
0: What uh, varieties of red potatoes do you grow?
1: We grow red Norlands, dark red Norlands, uh, Sangries. Okay. And uh, that's I guess that's we've raised Pontiacs last year, but we didn't this year.
0: Okay, and what are some of the characteristics of the dark red New Orleans, for example?
1: Dark red New Orleans has they have um, smooth skin and real rich dark red color. They're a shorter season variety and they're a shorter storing variety. So you can put those in um, and wash them early, but you can't plan on storing them into, uh, say, into May June. any probably pass May for okay. pressure brews.
0: So when you say it's a short growing season, how long does it take?
1: About 90 days.
0: Okay, yep. so from the time you plant them to the time you harvest them, about three months. Yep. And then when you say it's short um, storage season, um, and that's compared to, say, what other?
1: Like a Sangri or a, a Pontiac.
0: And they'll store for how long?
1: Well, we had, last year we had too many potatoes and our, our Pontiac stored into August. And they were beautiful. Okay. And that's the New Orleans would have been pressure bruising probably three months before that.
0: When you start to talk about planting, it's about what time of the year and what are the things that are running through your mind.
1: Well, the biggest thing in in the spring is you don't want to put the, the plant the potatoes in too early, or else they they mature too early and you have to harvest them too early. So we start a. In April, we'll start getting the sheds ready for the seed, and then we'll haul the seed. In, in late April, we plan on starting to ha- to plant right around uh, probably the twentieth of May. And our biggest worry then is too much rain, mm. and because uh, you know you can get delayed, and then you don't want to put you don't want to be out in the ground in the fields when it's too wet, or it's going to make lumps compaction. Then when you're harvesting, you know you have lumps with the potatoes. So, we're, that's one thing where it's on our mind, and we're just we're really conscious of getting good seed. And if the seed is bruised, it might look okay coming into the shed, but when you're coming out, when it warms up, mm-hmm. you have rot. Okay, and we've had that, and then you, you're, you know, you end up with big gaps in your rows and rotted, You know, it's the stand is really poor. Okay. So then we'll plant. Um, We'll plant about, we try and stretch it out probably two or three weeks, Mm -hmm. the planting, just because the harvest is gonna be the same way so you don't wanna have everything ready at one one time.
0: That makes sense. And then as the plants are growing, what are some of the big milestones that you look for during the course of that growing season?
1: Well, early on, you know, you're, we we hill them, in the old days we used to cultivate, then we'd harrow them down the hills the plants would start coming up, and the weeds would come. Mm. So you'd cover them up again, cover the weeds up, tear them, because that's the only way to get rid of the weeds. So you'd do it three times, three or four times.
0: Oh, wow, that's a lot of labor.
1: A lot of labor. And it cuts your yields because you're cutting the roots. You know, They found out later on, we always looked at our cultivators after the third cultivation. They're just solid roots hanging on there. And we are cutting off the life supply of that potato. No. So now we... Um, we, we went to a low chemical um, environment where we just, will spray a pre-plant or we'll cultivate them with a rotary cultivator, a rototiller. Okay. It'll make the hills over the potatoes. They'll, we'll put a pre a uh, post, um, uh, it's, it's a chemical that'll just keep the weeds from coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it keeps them clean. They'll pop up, hill up. Mm-hmm. And then we start looking for uh, fungus and we you almost have to, you go with, there's models that will predict the fungus, you know, you have to start fun- putting fungicide on. Sure. And we'll do that through the season.
0: So then when you get ready to harvest, what does that look like?
1: Well, when the potatoes mature, you're looking for size, mainly in, in how your crop is maturing. Um, you have to... Uh, you have to get rid of the vines some way. Some people will shred the vines to kill them.
0: Okay.
1: uh, But we we spray a desiccant on them just to to take the green leaves off and the stems, and they naturally kind of naturally die. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a forced death to the potatoes. So then they, that's how they set their skin. And uh, when they die, otherwise you could never, if you dug a potato without doing that, you wouldn't have any skin left on them.
0: Right. So when you're saying um, the desiccant, it's just taking the leaves and the foliage off. But the potato is underneath yeah, the soil. So they don't so get touched. They don't even get touched. Yeah, it's no. just getting the rest of the plant yeah. off of the potato. Yeah, yeah. Okay. there's
1: None None of our chemicals ever hit the potato. So so then we'll, we, um, we'll desiccate them. And it's about three weeks before they, the skin is set sufficient enough to... Uh, able to harvest and that's when we're hoping we have moisture enough to soften the lumps in the soil because those potatoes will bruise
0: right so it's interesting when you see a potato at the grocery store it's probably the most durable of all of the produce items there but they're quite tender and delicate as you're getting ready to harvest them in the field huh
1: it's very it's amazing to me even that when you harvest a potato and you We watch them go by into the storage, and then you look at them a month later and you can't hardly believe that just a little nick or any little um, uh, bump or you drop, even dropping potatoes on each other too far, if you drop them, it's going to show and the consumer is, they are very um, savvy on what they want.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) They want
1: quality and that's what we try to, you know, that's our biggest thing now is quality. 30 years ago, you know, potatoes, they didn't think much about it. Just if there's a few lumps, banging them up and just, they'll take them and eat them, but not anymore.
0: Right. Well, now we've changed how we shop and what we expect in the grocery store. So as a yes. farmer, you have to change we, too.
1: And we know, we've learned that it really hurts your back, your, your bottom dollar if you uh, and it's so tempting to go out there. It's really hard to wait. But we've had to wait for, I think back in 2012, we waited for probably two or three weeks, and it actually snowed. No. It snowed and covered the potato hills and melted, and then we could dig them afterwards. But you know, the stre- just think of that. You didn't know if it was going to warm up after that. Absolutely. You didn't know if you were going to lose your whole crop.
0: You had no idea. No idea. Wow, that was a bit stressful. <laughs> wow. and, and
1: actually, this last fall, there was people around here that it was a really tough fall, and they left. Two-thirds of the potatoes in the ground.
0: Oh, yeah. that had to devastate their business oh, it's model. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really sad. All yeah, that it, work. Oh, and
1: nice potatoes. I'm sure. Beautiful potatoes. Yeah.
0: But if you can't get them out, you <laughs> can't get them out.
1: They froze in.
0: That's what they talk about. You know, we do have the technology today that we didn't have before, and we have yield, but the risk never goes away. There's Mother risk. nature is pretty tough on farmers.
1: Too much, too much rain, not enough rain, you know. Too hot, too dry, or too cold. And then once in this country up here, once that the door is shut, it's shut. That's right. <laughs> and last fall we had one day extra um, that before it froze up. We have sugar beets too, so we got our potatoes done, then sugar beets, and the next day it froze solid. Yeah.
0: And then stayed that way all, all winter. All winter.
1: On. Yep. <laughs> And we had six months of winter.
0: Oh, it's a long winter. Oh. Okay, but that's a great segue. So now you've got sheds full of beautiful potatoes, and you can't farm, but you can eat. So, what is your family's favorite way to eat the potatoes that you grow?
1: Well, there's several different ways, you know, to make to uh, eat potatoes, and and my my favorite is. Uh, Probably just a baked red potato Mm -hmm. with sour cream and butter. So good. And they're so moist; you don't need much butter or sour cream. They're very moist. And a lot of people don't think you can, you know, they don't think you can bake a red because they say they're boiling potatoes. You know, when you go around the country and you ask them if they bake red potatoes, they oh no, Hmm. you can't do that.
0: Yes, you can. (laughs) We do it all the time. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And and you know, our family likes. Um, smashed potatoes that on the grill with a little vinegar or um, olive oil.
0: Oh, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. So basically, that recipe is what you take a smaller red potato and then what do you do with it?
1: You um, you can make, bake it par- partially bake and then you you crush it kind of crush it so it's just.
0: So you smash it. Smash it and okay. then you put on
1: tin foil on the grill with with uh, like olive oil or. Some salt, pepper and, yeah, pepper, and
0: just kind of finish it off. Yeah. Oh, I bet you the edges are really crispy then. Yes. Oh, it sounds really good. All right, so that's your family's favorite. Mm-hmm. And you like a good baked, baked one potato, with yeah. the sour cream. I don't know. i would be a tough one to pick. I don't know. Do we have to pick? We can have them both. <laughs> but,
1: you know, the, really the best <laughs> ones are the new, right, right now, the ones that are just small. They're just so soft and good. We just had the first um, meal on Saturday.
0: So the creamers or the gourmet yeah. type of potatoes yeah.
1: especially right out of the ground
0: the skin is so tender yeah and there's so much flavor in there delicious oh that sounds fantastic so before we say goodbye today kelly and we really appreciate you inviting us onto your farm if there's one thing that you would want people to know about potatoes that are grown in north dakota what would you say
1: i would say the farmers in this area, we all strive to get the best uh, quality potato, the best tasting, while being good stewards of the land. You know, we we do a lot of things to. We know that generations go fast, but the land lasts forever. And we are when we grow our potatoes, we're we're looking for the for, to the future too, not just now. And uh, we do everything in our power to do the right thing as far as that goes. And, and uh, just to grow the best potatoes in the world.
0: Oh, I tell you, well, that's a, that is a a worthy endeavor. And from those of us who also love red potatoes, speaking for myself, uh, we appreciate your hard work and effort. So this is Kathleen True saying goodbye uh, with Kelly Grady from MG Farms here in Thompson, North Dakota. Thanks, Kelly. Thank
1: you. This has been great.